Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the show. Today we are speaking with Eureka Carlson. Eureka and I connected and she is from Sweden, which I love this part of podcasting, connecting with people from all over the world. Eureka is a yoga teacher, therapist, spiritual teacher, soul realignment practitioner, and international author. Back in 2008, she was completely burnt out, deeply depressed, and suicidal. With only 15 minutes of sleep per night, yes, 15, she woke up at 2.47 from horrible nightmares and in complete panic, which is shared in her autobiography, 2.47, The Journey Home to My Heart. Today, she shares her experiences and embodied wisdom from her heart with nearly 30 years experience of traditional Western and Eastern holistic disciplines. Oh, this is such a powerful episode as Eureka shares so much with us from her yoga experience to through Akashic records, through masculine and feminine and learning how to blend these parts of ourselves and the healing journey and what that looks like diving into our old karma and how to unpack it and see it differently and understand that we all have these beautiful gifts that when we learn to heal ourselves first, we can unlock all that is available, which then opens up all that is available for the next person and paying it forward. This is an incredibly deep and beautiful conversation that I know you're going to love. Welcome to the show today, Eureka. It's so wonderful to meet you. Thank you. It's so nice to be here with you, Marsha. I love the world of podcasting and I have been able, been very privileged to speak from people all over the world, literally all over the world. I think this is the first time I've had a conversation with somebody from where you are from. So tell us where you're located. I'm from Sweden, Stockholm, the capital of Sweden. Uh, Sweden is the country where the Vikings are from and uh, a lot of famous hockey players. Uh, mm-hmm. We've met you in Canada several times. I think we've been uh, competing. The uh, you know world juniors, uh, world ex- juniors. Yes, yeah. I've actually been. I have actually been to the world juniors multiple times in gold medal games. So, yeah, I've yes, we definitely have competed. Not yeah. us personally, but you know, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's where I'm from. From the the night of the midnight sun. Beautiful, beautiful. A country that is on my wish list. I have not been there. Been to Switzerland, Germany, Austria, and I think that's it. Um, Austria was kind of a surprise. It was something that people don't talk about a lot, but it was stunning. Absolutely. It's beautiful. Yeah, Yeah. it's beautiful. And that's the thing when you go traveling in Europe, like every country is different. Um, Almost every country are beautiful, really, really beautiful. And here in Sweden, 
I guess it's a bit like Canada where, you know, it's not so many people that are inhabited. Mm-hmm. So you can go for, in, in the north north of Sweden, you can go traveling for hours and you don't even meet a car. So it's, it's, it's a serene it, yes. and pristine nature here. Yeah. Yes, I, it is funny because we are very big country, but for our population size, we have a lot of spread out areas. There's definitely more yeah. dense areas, but there's definitely some spread out areas. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful landscape. Yeah. 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 I, I've actually been to Canada once, but I, I was only stuck in your airport in, I think it was in Ottawa or something. Uh, so I didn't get to see much, but um, I like to go to Canada as well. I, I hear that Canada and Sweden are quite similar, actually. I've heard that multiple times, very multiple times that we are very similar in our approach, how nice we are, sometimes too nice. And we have to. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's another story. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> Let's talk about you and your story. I would, wherever you feel comfortable, I mean, there's so much in your story. There's a lot of depth and I love how you're sharing so much of it with us. Can you take us back to 2008? Thank you, Marsha. Yes. So 2008, I was a mom of two small children and I had really high expectations of myself and life and I didn't sleep I was only sleeping like 10 actually I was sleeping 15 minutes per night and I did that for many many years and 15 one five right just so people can, yeah yeah one yeah five. Yeah. Like, yeah okay so it took me into a place where I was completely depleted mm-hmm. I was burnout depressed with the severe sleeping disorders, obviously, if you're only sleeping 15 minutes per night. Mm -hmm. And I became so depleted and so burned out. So I was suicidal. And every night I had these horrible nightmares uh, that I was being murdered and slaughtered every night. So there was like blood splattering every night. And I'm waking up from these horrible dreams at 2.47 a.m. every night. And, you know, I'm waking up. Uh, I don't know where I am. I'm totally disorientated. My heart is pounding. I have this taste of stale blood in my mouth. I'm all sweaty. And then I get to see my alarm clock and it's 2.47 a.m. So my autobiography is called 2:47 a.m. because that's that was when I woke up for many years. Wow. And it took me into a place where I was I was so sensitive of sounds and light so I you know I wasn't I wasn't functioning. My my cognitive abilities were really sort of fucked up. Sorry for the yeah. language. Oh, you're yeah. allowed here. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so I was like like jerky and like moving like a junkie almost. Yeah. And I never told anybody, you know, how bad I I really was that I was on the edge, you know, of committing suicide several times. So I I never told anybody. And I was lying there next to my husband every night and you know, I was being murdered every night and he never knew about it. So I'm just telling him at the time, 2008, that I'm very, very tired. Mm -hmm. My baby girl, she was only a couple of months, and my son was two years old at the time. 
exhausting time sorry yes yeah so I was just so depleted from you know being a mom also and then then with these sleeping disorders that I've had for decades and I've adapted to them and they've just become worse so I find myself in a place where I don't function at all Mm -hmm. so I'm telling my husband that I just need to go away for a couple of days and I'm you know I'm still breastfeeding my baby so she's so young and I just need to go away because everything is like overwhelming for me so there I am uh, I'm going out to the Swedish archipelago to my parents they have a cabin there mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful winter's day when I arrive and I can feel this very this feeling that I've had for many, many years that I've tried to run away from or try to suppress or try to escape from. Uh, so I'm feeling this sort of, it's like a being having a volcano inside of me and I feel that it's about to erupt and it scares the living daylight out of, out of me. So I'm coming there and I'm um, feeling this uh, this things that I've been feeling for many times and many years before. So I, at the time, I also have eating disorders. That was one way of trying to control, um, trying to control me and my life, basically. But so I take a walk and I go into the forest and there I feel this intense feeling within me sort of increasing and I'm walking faster, you know, burning calories and thinking, oh, finally I'm by myself. And, and at the cabin, I turned, you know, off the fridge, the TV, the radio, even the heating system because I couldn't bear any sounds at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm out there walking in a forest and then all of a sudden it just hits me like a dagger, a knife in my chest. It is this massive, excruciating intense pain and I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna die Mm -hmm. it's so massive and I think I'm gonna have a heart heart attack so I'm pressing my hands towards my you know chest because it feels like I'm gonna explode or or die or be shattered in a million pieces Mm -hmm. and then I notice that I'm just I'm thinking to myself wow the snow is sort of coming up and hitting me in my face but it was me falling down into the snow uh, lying in a fetus position, holding on to my heart because I thought it was going to explode from this massive pain. And there in the snow, it's like I hear a snap within me and this thing that I don't know what it is inside of me, but it's so scaring. And I can feel it's rushing, it's moving so fast and there's nothing that I can do to suppress it. And all of a sudden I hear this horrifying noise it's it's a scream like from coming from a dying animal and I realize that it is me it's my screams Mm -hmm. and these screams and sounds and howls and the noises are coming from a very very deep deep inside of me a space I didn't even know existed so I'm lying there in fetus position holding on to my heart and and screaming a lot and then I hear another snap and then I just start to cry it's like you know it's like a river like a limitless river and 
and I'm lying there and, and I have so much pain. I'm also sort of, you know, moving, trying to. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm going to die here in this snow. Nobody knows where I am. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to my children. You know, what's going to be for them now without a mother? But uh, so I'm lying there for hours as it turns out, because when I come back to my senses, when I hear my crying is subsiding and the grunts and the, the howling noises and screams are sort of fading away. Mm-hmm. And when I come back, it's all pitch black. So I've been lying there for hours and hours and hours. And at the time, my senses are so enhanced so I can hear like the snowflakes falling and I can see different shapes and forms in the pitch blackness, in the darkness. And for the very first time, it is so still in my head, like there's no thoughts at all. And the only thing that I can describe it as, you know, connecting with source or God or whatever you like to call it, but it was like this complete silence in expansion. Mm. That's how it felt. Thank you for being so um, open and real. And because I, I got, as I'm listening to you, I could almost feel myself in that space. And that's, that's a, a storyteller. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. Like that's the emotion you're able to share that feeling. Um, I've only, I've, I've had a couple times, but I remember once in my life when it was the moment of surrender, when I was dealing with a really difficult situation. And I remember being on the floor and not crying, like screaming, sobbing. Like it was like a complete, I don't even know who that was, but we have to release that. I think it's been so suppressed for so long that we have to release it in order to get to that next, to whatever that next step is. So what was your next step at that point? Like what, what do you remember happening next? So my next step was that I that night, I, I didn't go to sleep. I was actually still in this stillness within me and peacefulness. So I wasn't worried that I didn't sleep. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I only slept these 15 minutes per night. But but I just knew that, I mean, now I can look back and see that this was a huge turning point for me. I didn't know it at the time, but I could feel that it was some some way of... Mm-hmm really profound and this stillness you know that I hadn't been experiencing for decades Uh, so I knew something really really important had just happened I just couldn't you know verbalize it or I couldn't understand what it was I didn't know this what this encounter what it meant for me but uh, after that I, this this was how my healing journey started, and I've had a lot of these tantrums, you know, after because my personal experience and also my professional experience, the way I work and help my clients is that there's so much, so much that is stored within our bodies. Mm-hmm. Our bodies actually contains our unconscious mind. And since we are programmed with 95% of unconscious or subconscious programs, that means we only have 5% of consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. So all these 95% of unconsciousness is stored deep in your cells, in your DNA, and in your body. So that's why it's so important when you are, when you really want to heal yourself on, you know, on a 
on a deep, deep level and also on a sustainable level, you need to work with the body, through the body, as it's stored within the body. There is no shortcuts. You can't, you know, think your way out of it. You can't uh, make positive affirmations. You can't just, you know, change your thinking because everything that you ever thought and everything that you ever experienced in this lifetime, and also as a yogi, uh, I believe that energy never dies. Energy just transforms and takes different shapes and forms. So everything from previous lifetimes is also stored within our bodies. And so we can have these programs in this lifetime that, you know, that are sort of self-sabotaging programs and uh, that we always have, you know, lack of money, lack of time, lack of energy. We find ourselves getting sick. We find ourselves, you know, in wrong kind of relationships or jobs. And we are wondering, you know, I'm working so hard or, you know, why do I end up here? So that's because we have so many unconscious programs. So my healing journey has been to really, because we cannot change what we are unaware of, right? We need to bring it into the light of consciousness so we can see, okay, so now I'm aware of this and now I can change it. So this is what I've been doing. I've brought up everything, you know, from the subconscious and unconscious mind from the body. Uh, I've felt it. I've seen it. I've observed it, witnessed it, embraced it. And therefore, I've been able to transform it because it's my deepest, deepest belief that everything that is stored in the body as its original state, like if I have a lot of grief or a lot of fear stored within my body, then I can only release it by feeling the grief or the fear. Mm-hmm. I cannot sort of, you know, tell myself that, oh, I'm happy, you know, I'm alive and everything is good because I really, really need to feel the fear. I really need to feel the grief because we know that emotions means energy in motion. And it means that they're meant to, they're designed to move through us. Mm -hmm. But we in the Western societies, we are so not practiced with our emotions, unless they're happy emotions or horny emotions or, you know, whatever that we considered to be good. We put labels and etiquettes on, on stuff. And we, we want a good shit, but we don't want the bad shit. Yeah. Uh, so um, everything that is stored within the body really needs to be transformed and witnessed to bring it into the, to the light of consciousness so you can transform it. And we all have so many traumas, so many traumas. And I'm not only talking about, you know, these obvious traumas, Mm -hmm. like if you've had been sexually molested or abused in any way, I'm not talking about these obvious traumas. I'm talking also about subtle traumas that we're not even aware of that we have. Mm -hmm. It can be that I come home from school as a young girl or a young boy and nobody's at home and there might not be food in the fridge. Mm -hmm. And that can be a trauma. So all our patterns, our behaviors, the way we live in Western societies are pretty much trauma responses, actually. Mm-hmm. That is my deepest you know, belief after been working with myself now for many, many years and also helping thousands of clients. And it can be a trauma can be also that I'm coming home and I've done this beautiful drawing 
and nobody is there to watch it or to, you know, say, oh, what beautiful colors you've used here. Or So there's nobody to mirror me. Mm-hmm. So these can be so, so small traumas, but they can still develop into thoughts and behaviors that are really, you know, not constructive for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much that you've said that I think is really powerful because um, trauma, big T, little T is specific to any of us because it's, it, that's a big piece of it. It doesn't, we spend a lot of time judging if mine is as bad as somebody else, but it doesn't matter. It's whatever happens in our body. We have trapped emotions that we, a lot of us have been told and reinforced to push down and keep moving. So years of not like processing difficult emotions, And yeah, the body definitely, like the body keeps the score. It eventually just keeps holding and holding and holding until it can't hold anymore. And I, yeah, it just keeps holding. I think the other piece that really hits me that what you're saying, um, I started, I did my NLP practitioner two years ago, and now I'm doing my master's and the subconscious reprogramming. I, it's the first thing I took in my business that wasn't for my business. My gut went, I think you need this. And that has been really powerful and understanding that our unconscious is 95 is responsible for 95% of what we have. So when I was in a really difficult space, everybody was like, count your gratitude, say your affirmations. Well, that's only 5%. And honestly, it just didn't work for me, to be honest. It did not, I was not in a space and I felt like I was faking everything. It wasn't until I started to really incorporate a daily healing and feeling. And is it perfect? No, but I can see there are times that come up now where I react completely differently than what I used to. And it's like, oh, I see that. That's not how I, that's not how I would have normally done this, or that's not how I would have normally reacted. Like those are signs of healing. I think that's a misconception. I wanted to ask you about that. Is that a healing is like a one and done or B that healing is like, once you've gone through it, you never have to revisit it. And I believe those are misconceptions. I would love for you to dive into a little bit more on that. Yeah. For me, we are spiritual beings in in human bodies. And that's also a big part of our suffering that many of us, we are so disconnected from spirit. We're disconnected from our soul. I'm just going to show you. I'm so proud. I'm having this book release uh, next week. So you are the first in the world to see my new book. Yes. So it's the sacred soul. Oh, I have goosebumps. That's beautiful. You guys can't see it, but it's absolutely, <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. That is the one you're having a hard time getting the cover on. Yeah. The sacred soul of divine evolution through time beautiful. and space. So they're also in, and again, in our Western words or probably all over the world, really the way we live today. Um, buying things that we don't need for money that we don't have in the first place mm-hmm. to impress people we don't like sort of <laughs> so, bad. so so many of us we are disconnected from our origin from who we are at the soul level we're disconnected from spirit we live this you know modern life and we are we are so lost. We are so lost uh, from who we are. And we think we can try to compensate this by filling sort of our inner holes, our inner emptiness with 
good things or money or a new kitchen or new boobs or whatever that we try to distract us with. Mm-hmm. And all these distractions, it only takes us further, you know, from our soul and from our origin. So I think one one thing with the questions you just asked, Marsha, is that healing is an ongoing journey because as we are also in quantum physics and as yogi, we are all entangled, like entangled as being connected, not only body, mind, and soul in me, but also the body, mind, and soul who you are. And we are connected to each other and we're connected to this planet, right? Mm-hmm. So the healing is an ongoing journey for those of us who are brave enough and courageous enough to really go deep because obviously you can scratch the surface you know you can scratch the surface and you can live there and pretend that your life is really really good but you may not be connected to who you are anyway you know at so level and then those of us as you're saying who wants to really dig deep and to know who we are and to have to heal as much as possible so it's an ongoing journey i think you're never done yeah i think you're never done because we also add new stuff uh, that are similar to our old wounds or our old traumas mm-hmm. uh, we tend to find people that have the same you know kind of wounds or energy or i attract these men that that does this or whatever to me so i think healing is an ongoing journey and i also think that it's the most important thing and investment that one can do for oneself and also for the world mm-hmm. because we are all transmitting we're all like transmitting and receiving energy all the time mm-hmm. like like a yogi I'm, I'm an energy worker and everything is energy right mm-hmm. like this conversation is energy uh, this book started as uh, a thought and then, you know, moving from, from my head space into my heart space. And then, so it's manifested like this. Uh, so everything is energy. But most of us, most of us are having an imbalance of energy we receive and energy we give. Because most of us, we're giving so much to others but energy doesn't work that way. Energy needs to be flowing both ways. I need to also receive. And here is, you know, the old cliche that, you know, on an airplane, if there's an accident, that I need to put the oxygen mask on myself first. And people are laughing about that because they think it's so obvious. Yeah, we understand that in that situation, but you, you must apply it in your whole life. Mm-hmm. Like for me, uh, when I was, you know, depressed and suicidal, if I didn't had these turning points that I had and started to take care of me coming back to me, who I am at a soul level, then I would have been dead today. And how much use am I for my kids or, you know, for my clients if I'm dead? Obviously not much. No, I, they, thank you for sharing all of that. And I know it's, it's so, it is ironic because people hear that, put the oxygen mask on. I think it's something that's said, I think it's something that makes sense, but until you're in a situation where your only option is to put it on for yourself first, you understand that like the gravity of that sentence and how important that it is. 
Um, that was my, going to be my question for you is how did you, like, what were some of the first things that had to shift in your life when you were in that space of like, I think this is it to get you to where you are today. We all know that that's not like an overnight, but I'm just curious, some of the first things that you had to implement in your own life. So the first thing is the metaphor is if I, if I have a garden and my garden is full of weeds, so, and I want to plant new flowers, but it's full. So I can't plant any new seeds because it's full of weeds. So what do I need to do? I need to pull out the weeds with its roots, mm-hmm. with its roots. I, I don't only need to cut them down because we know that the root system is still there. Right. So I need right. to pull the weeds up with the roots to make space for new seeds. And it's the same metaphor as, you know, for my life or anybody of us who wants to, to change on a deeper level. So first I needed to face and feel all these traumas and accumulated stress and unresolved emotions that I had in my body. And obviously, you know, I've had some lifelines, people along the way that I could hold hands to, but, but at the end of the day, happiness is always an inside job. So at the end of the day, the work that I've done is, you know, it's me, it's like a snake shedding skin layers after layers after layers uh, with bullshit and programs that we are conditioned with from society, from our families, from our inheritance, culture, culture, and also from ourselves. So shedding out all the bullshit and traumas, and, and I'm writing about it in because this book is also beautiful. Um, it's called Holy Fuck and Sacred Water. The secret connections to everything. Oh, oh my God! I love it. How many books have you published? So, my this is uh, this the sacred soul is my fifth. Oh, yeah. okay. Since two thousand and eight. No, th- these I've done five books in two and a half years. Oh, okay. So, what I want to just stop and pause in for a second is because I've written books, I've published books. It's no joke. It's a lot of work, Um, but I love it. But in two and a half years, I also want to just put some emphasis that when we make time for our own healing, like we can have quantum leaps in our life. We can have, and I think that is very much sometimes it's like, why am I like, why is this taking so long? Why? And then all of a sudden you can have these big quantum leaps when you keep pouring back into yourself, your healing, your time. So five books in two and a half years, like first off, congrats. That's fantastic. Thank you. That's fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for acknowledging. I don't think that I've seen it like that. I'm just, uh, I've just, because all my books are channeled, like, you know. Yep. Well, I, yep. 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 I do understand. I do understand. <laughs> I've written a couple of um, collaborative chapters and I normally, like what I do write about are things like they are more scars, not wounds, right? Like there, they are things that have passed and people say, oh my God, I can't believe you wrote about that. I'm like, well, that was five years ago. That was three years ago. Like it takes time. But there was one that I wrote in 2021 that was one of my favorites. And it was that you have to go first. Like I had to go first. Yeah. And that was as I was recovering from back surgery during the pandemic. I was, I was in the wound. Like that was a tough one for me to write. And they kept like nudging saying, are you done? Are you done? Are you done? And I'm like, it's not there yet. It's coming. It's coming. And literally it like within an afternoon, the entire thing downloaded and it was done. 
And so I believe in that channeling when you allow that to open up, when you allow that channel to open up freely, that it can come out fairly quickly. Exactly. And if the, again, if the channel is free from weeds, (laughs) Mm -hmm. because if we are full of weeds, if we are full of conditioned programs, beliefs, traumas, unresolved stress, etc., then it's more difficult to have access to this. Mm-hmm. So to come back to the question, so how I did it. So obviously I've, you know, peeled off all my layers. I've done a lot of gardening in my <laughs> picking up the weeds with the roots. And then I had a divorce from my husband. Uh, he was the one who wanted divorce. But um, I know now, you know, looking back that uh, it was the best for us, even though that I had really, really small children and I was I was alone you know depressed suicidal with no job no money and then uh, I I just have to tell you two stories because it's really related to to the healing and also that if you really want to do the job that you are guided because we are guided by our higher selves and our souls if we dare to listen so I quit my daytime job I'm a physiotherapist and I'm also a preschool teacher so I had a very stressful job at the uh, being a preschool teacher there when I was depressed and then I was home because many many years from the depression and the burnouts but so I quit my job as I had divorced and you know here I was you know like uh, I felt like you know 103. Uh, I was all worn out, all depleted. I had no money. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. And then I, one day I get a link from a friend of mine uh, and she says, okay, so here's yoga for depressed people. And I clicked on the link and I joined the course. Uh, so that was like a base course for um, an instructor in, in a certain kind of yoga that's called med- medi yoga, medical yoga. Mm-hmm. And so I go on the course for 10 weeks and then, you know, I feel that, oh, this is, you know, this is good for me. It was like I described my life uh, as a soda bottle one, one time and somebody said, okay, so if, you're, if you would describe your life as a soda, how would it look like? So my description then was it's full of black, shitty, stinking tar. That's my soda. And then after this 10 weeks course, I could feel that this tar was still, you know, but there was sort of little air bubbles in them. And then my teacher at the course, he says to me, okay, Ulrika, so there's one space left for teacher training and the yoga therapist training. Do you want it? And I was like, yes, I want it, but I have no money. I have no money. Mm-hmm. And then he says, well, if you want it, I'm sure it's going to work out for you. And then, so I, I signed up and then I got exactly the same amount money back from the Swedish government that I had paid taxes in my company whilst I was, you know, still sick with leave and depression. So I got exactly the same amount money. Yeah. So I could pay for the course and that was for one and a half years. And then I started to see some shifts in this shitty tar pop soda. Mm-hmm. And I could see that like, like, there were some light in the tunnel, so, so to speak. 
And then at the very end of that one and a half years, uh, there comes a lady. Um, she had a workshop with us at the uh, yoga therapy training. And I felt like, wow, this, you know, it really, really resonated with me because at the time, the yoga that I was doing was still very much in the masculine energy, very much in the young energy, in the fire energy. And if you are burnt out, you already have had too much fire within the system. Mm -hmm. So uh, this yoga was more in the feminine essence, very subtle yet very potent. So I joined her for a weekend and I just felt, oh, my God, I, I really need to do this. Not to collect, you know, more teacher trainings, because at a phase in my time, that was one strategy that I had. I need more educations, more courses, more, you know, diplomas. Trap to fall into. It is an easy trap to fall into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I went there and I, you know, said to my parents, you know, I really need to do this. And they were like, okay, but you know, you have your kids, how are you going to work this out? And you don't have any money. No, I know, I know, but maybe you can take my kids. And she said to me again, this, um, this lady that there's only one spot left for my, for my training. And I'm like, okay. So my kids could take my, my parents took my kids uh, these um, weekends that the course was on. And then, Marcia, I got exactly the same amount of money back from the Swedish government as I've been working as a preschool teacher. It was an insurance that I didn't even know that I had. So twice I got the exact same amount of money. And so I cut my daytime job mm -hmm. uh, and I started to put everything together that I have been through in my healing process into my own modality, my own educations, my classes, my courses. And I know it's working because obviously I'm here, right? Mm. <laughs> exactly. So, so that was another thing that I did, you know, to heal myself. And I noticed because there I was, no money, but still two kids to, you know, to provide for. What was I? I was too sick basically too sick to work, you know, as a physiotherapist or preschool teacher, I couldn't bear with the sound. So I had to invent my own job. And I did it by giving back the things that I've done, like this smorgasbord that I sort of melted into my own modality. And that's what I do. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. That's a uh... I mean, it's really the epitome of what we talk about on this show is like you take your experiences and you learn ways of paying it forward like that. And, and the ironic thing is, is that like that process is healing in itself. Like it is. it is. And I don't think I saw that when I first started it was like it said it was healing for me, but it was also fuel for me. It was like, OK, exactly. wait, this is actually fueling me to keep going. And then you'd see a change in someone else. And then it's like, okay, that heals a part of myself. And then it's fueling to keep going. And it's just this beautiful piece. But I, I really, I really want to just emphasize that like we always have to go first and you had to make decisions at that time. And we get so caught up in the how or wanting to see the end result now. And I mean, it is 2022. And this is like, we started, we're talking from like 2008 onward so you had to put the work into yourself first, not knowing exactly how it was, how you were going to pay for it, how it was going to unfold, but almost at this point where it's like, 
I have to take this next step because this direction, I'm not going to be here if I continue. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't see at the time, you know, at the time I, I wasn't spiritual. I wasn't trusting guides. I didn't, you know, even know that I had a soul or that I am a soul mm-hmm. because it's not that we are having souls. We are souls in body, in physical bodies. So I didn't know this at the time. So, but, but I truly, truly believe, Marsha, that my healing process have given me more access to more consciousness because that's how it works. Mm-hmm. And we can, the more of our inner darkness slash wounds slash traumas, whatever you like to call it, the more we, you know, pull out the weeds and the more we explore, embrace, accept and transform, the more access to higher consciousness we have. And that's where all this expansion comes from. I just, yeah, it's so powerful what you're saying. One of the gifts that you noted in your form here is like transforming old karma into flow, freedom, and being present. Can you explain a little bit more about what that means? Yes. So I, I'm also, so I'm a yoga teacher and yoga therapist, meaning that if you come to me, you know, with a backache, like your example, and then as a physiotherapist, I could give you, you know, some practices or, you know, some treatments. But as a holistic yoga therapist, I know that the back stands for other things that you need to look on, look deeper into your life. So the back might be, you know, if if I may say so, not having dealt fully with the thing that is behind us, you know, mm-hmm. with our past. So, um, so as a yoga therapist, people who have been going, you know, to 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 hospitals or they have a knee they have a migraine they might have cancer or hormonal imbalances whatever they might have you know symptoms the doctors what they can do they can prescribe pills right that is really good they can um they can put you you know to go to to see a psychologist if you need to or dietist if you need to Uh, and they can also you know write so that you're sick what is what do you call sick with a leave or Mm-hmm. something like this and so we here in the western world we're also very very good in treating you know if there's an emergency you know like a big operation but we are very poor to prevent to prevent diseases mm-hmm. and the swedish word for hospital is sjukhus and that literally it translates into sick house oh. so we go to these sick houses when we are sick, instead of preventing, yeah. In, in Ayurveda, uh, Ayurveda and yoga goes hand in hand, and Ayurveda means the knowledge of life. Mm-hmm. So there, in in ancient Indian culture, the doctor only got paid, you know, the healthier you were, and if you remained healthy. And here in our countries, in our societies, it's the total opposite. Completely. You know, yeah, yeah do karma clearings like like each and one of us we are souls as we already mentioned and we have physical bodies and we all have access to the akashic records have you heard about that marcia have and you know what it's come up three times this week alone and it's something that i've wanted to like i'm so open to learning more so i would love to hear what it is so uh, each and every soul in this world has its own Akashic records. And there's the energetic database where everything is stored, like everything that has ever existed. 
mm-hmm. everything that is ever going to exist. So your past, your present, your future, everything resides within the Akashic records. And each and one of us have, have, have our own and they're all entangled. Here comes, you know, the world connected again, like yoga means connection and quantum field also talks about entanglement. So all our Akashic records are entangled into one giant energetic superhighway database where our souls, you know, as an Akashic library. So uh, you can come to me as my client, do your karma clearing. And a karma clearing is like a reboot, a restart for your soul. Mm -hmm. So it clears out all previous lifetimes and all the negative choices that you have ever made that was not aligned with who you were at the soul origin. And you get to know your soul group of origin, like where you're from, because most of us, we're not from planet Earth. Mm-hmm. We are from other solar systems or other galaxies or parallel dimensions. And we're here with missions. So you get to know in a karma clearing, you get to know your gifts, your unique divine soul blueprints and your gifts. Mm-hmm. And you also get to know like, okay, Marsha, like 17 lifetimes ago, you took some really, you made some really negative choices that were not aligned with who you were. And these choices you made then, you might have killed somebody or you might have, you know, hurt somebody or you might have, they're all pretty similar when it comes to what we can do to each other, right? Mm -hmm. But these lifetimes, 17 lifetimes ago, when the choices you made then, these are what we are talked about, you know, echoing within the subconscious and unconscious mind. So by clearing these negative choices out by pulling out the weeds with its roots you get aligned with who you are at the soul level and all these scattered fragments that you have left bits and pieces you know uh, throughout history and through time and space as the title of my new book you connect with it all and then you are you know like here mm-hmm. So I did this uh, education because I wanted to know my own origin, right? Mm -hmm. And then it started like I I wanted to do it for myself. And now I do a lot of karma clearings all over the world. So people are connecting with me to get their karma cleared. And when you clear the karma, you know, like like a laptop, like you are erasing the viruses and the programs that are running. And it's like a restart, reboot. And it's amazing. I actually got a text like yesterday from uh, a woman that I just helped with with the karma clearing. And she said, I've done a lot of things in my life, but this this was truly something. My whole life has changed. You know, I was speaking up my truth. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to do totally different stuff now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know who I am. I feel who I am. Yeah, she was so grateful. And that is the thing, Marsha, because I feel like I was given a second chance to a life that was more aligned with who I was. Obviously, my life, my my journey was very bumpy. It was long. It was arduous. I felt like, fuck this. I don't want to do this. I want to go home to my home planet. (laughs) I don't want to be here. Too hard. (laughs) (laughs) And I've, you know, I've had so many doubts about myself and what I do. And but... 
every time that I'm guiding one soul back to him or herself, I, you know, I'm paying back my karma. I am, I'm giving back what the chance that I got uh, from my own sickness. And at the time when I was depressed, I listened to Oprah Winfrey show and there was somebody there who said, I don't even know what they said, but they said one sentence that resonated so much within me. So I didn't commit suicide. Mm. And so that's why I love to be on podcasts. And that's why I write all these books and the work that I do, because if it's one word or one sentence that I can give to you that resonates with you to make you change your life and becoming who you are at the soul level origin, you know, then the circle is closed. Then I've paid back my debt. I, everything you've said is just, it's so powerful and it's so beautiful. And I, at the core believe like when you have found a solution that works for you, when you have found like, like uncovered lessons that have made a difference in your life, holding on to them is selfish. And I say it all the time. And I know that that triggers some people, but it's just honestly, like I think back to at lowest points in my life, I would have, I would have loved to hear people talk about difficult stories. That's where this podcast came from because people at that time we're not sharing difficult stories. And when, when that happens, we assume it's all, we're the only one. We assume we're yeah. the only one. We assume that it's like, I, I must've done something wrong because I don't know exactly. why this is so hard. Exactly. And it's just not true. It's not true. So I, I love when I see people really like diving in to that work, going first in themselves, which then opens up all the other channels and allows you to, like pay it forward in probably an incredibly fulfilling way that you would have never dreamed of. Exactly. And I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you because it's so important because as I said, we are always receiving and transmitting. And if I'm transmitting from a place where I still have a lot of wounds or a lot of unhealed traumas, whether they're big or small, uh, unprocessed emotions, that's the energy that I'm transmitting unconsciously. It's like, you know, leakage of energy. And when you are bringing yourself home and when you're bringing yourself whole into wholeness, like the holy fuck mm-hmm. and the book, then you, you have access to all the potential that, you know, is lying there in your DNA and in your cell, just waiting for this spark to be ignited. Mm-hmm. And I also feel that because like your inner GPS, your gift, your passion and how you, you serve others with it, right? So I totally agree. And for me, it's not a contradiction that I must be fully healed before I can, you know, aid somebody else. It's an ongoing process. The more I can help other people to heal and to increase their consciousness, because Healing for me is about uh, increasing consciousness. So we have access to more of than the 5%, right? Mm-hmm. So the more I help others to heal, the more I heal and the more knowledge I get. As you said, like five books in two and a half years and they're channeled and, you know, uh, and they come so easily. It's not like it's not a hard effort to write. Amazing. Honestly, yeah. it's amazing. You're you're in your zone is what I would say. Like that is you have found your zone, your wheelhouse. I like to call it. It's just when you're there, you kind of go like, wow, this is easy. And it's because you're in that right. Like that's truly where you come from a space of alignment. 
And I love that. That's, I mean, alignment's a big buzzword, but it's, you know, when you find it, I think that the more resistance you're feeling, it's not, it's, you're not in the right space, but you can be like five degrees off. It doesn't mean like I have to blow up my entire life. It could be something very small. That's a change that can make a massive difference. Exactly. Just look at like an oil tanker. If you change the direction only one degree, the final destination will be totally, you know, somewhere else. So it's not about, you know, doing, you know, quitting my job and moving to Bali or, you know, whatever it is. And it's very specific for who you are at the soul level. So I'm, I'm, I'm from a soul group called Vega, which are very quite rare here on the earth and vegans are here to inspire and to challenge people into growth. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, both a gift, but it can also be a challenge because obviously the way the world looks today is also just a mirror of the individual consciousness, right? Because the collective consciousness and the individual consciousness is just mirrors. They mirror each other. And all the fucked upness we see in the outer world exists within us. Mm-hmm. So also the ones that, you know, as you said, walk before, they also get to take a lot of shit and projections from people. Like these two years, I've been taking a lot of projections from oh. people, you know, with their own fears and their own insecurities. And it's so much easier to blame it on somebody out there, to blame it on me or, you know, the parents or the boss or my neighbor was like this. Whoever it is, it's so much easier to project it outwards and, you know, to put your shit in somebody else's lap than the hard work to dig through your own shit and to transform your shit into gems. Oh my God. Like that, there was so many mic drops there that I absolutely love. You can't like, that is such a powerful thing. And we've seen a lot of that these last two years, regardless of where you are with the, it's just the, the anger, the projection, the separation. Yeah. Divide. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, I mean, I shared the story once, but I had a my, my, my job was, I was a kinesiologist for 27 years. So I was in physical rehab. So I was like right in there with like a a physio and I, that's what I did, but I knew it wasn't the right path. I knew it wasn't, but I couldn't see a way to the other side. I really, I couldn't figure out how it could change until the pandemic happened and my job was gone immediately was gone. And it, I remember coming home that night and my husband was like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, well, maybe this is the time I prayed for. And he was like, what? I'm like, maybe this is the time I I prayed for time and opportunity. Maybe this is it. And I, that next morning I jumped in and dove in and it was like, I, now I did my typical generator work your ass off burnout um, strategy until back surgery came in. And what I then had to learn how to trust and slow down. And my point that I'm saying is, it's like my entire life blew up as a lot of my friends did, but we looked at it and went, okay, what can we make of this? And then on the flip side, I knew firsthand a lot of people who were so angry and bitter and like spewing frustration at people. And I'm like, your life hasn't changed at all. Like how, like nothing's changed. 
You mm-hmm. picked up your laptop, you went home and sat at your table and you got paid full time. Like nothing changed, but you're exactly. so angry. And it's, I, I, that was such a cue for me. I'm like, I don't have the bandwidth for that anger. You can, I, I can't talk to you. I would be exactly. like, I literally can't talk to you. I don't, I can't even take in that energy right now because exactly. I'm focused on where I'm going. So it is, it, people can be faced with the exact same circumstances and have completely different reactions to them. Exactly, exactly. And now I'm talking from a bit from my upcoming book, The Sacred Soul. And so these times that we are in, they have been predicted yeah. by indigenous yeah. people and they have been predicted by in the yogic scriptures, you know, dated 14,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. So these times that we are in, they're actually opportunities where we can transform the fear, the separation and the divide into more love, more compassion, more empathy and into higher consciousness. But most of us, most of us chose the fear mongering Mm -hmm. these two years. Even if you look at the word, if the the years in numerology, it's such a difficult word to say in English. Numerological? Exactly, exactly. So the year 2020, like where the whole narrative started, Mm -hmm. the year 2020 is actually the year of the heart. It's the year of the feminine and the masculine, the yin and the yang that exists in each and one of us, whether we, you know, are in a female or in a male body. So uh, it's the year of the heart. And it was a major opportunity to again, to see through the narrative and the bullshit and the conditioned programs Mm -hmm. and to move into your heart. But so many of us still had, you know, unprocessed emotions, Mm -hmm. uh, unresolved traumas, stress, et cetera, et cetera, within our energetic systems. So we chose fear. Mm -hmm. But it's like a trampoline. You can use everything as a way to heal, as a way to increase your consciousness. And this year, 2022, I'm writing about it in The Sacred Soul or Divine Evolution Through Time and Space. This year is also a massive opportunity. It's a continuation Mm -hmm. of 2020 because we failed at that time. Mm -hmm. Most of us failed, but there's not too late. We still have the opportunity to turn things around. But I can never, ever, ever change anything out there unless I start with myself first. That's the piece of ownership that I think is really powerful. It ties in really well with this show and everything that you're saying is like learning how to decide, is this what I want for my life? Like, is this it? And, and really owning that piece of it. There's something that you said that I just want to tap into, to get your take on. And this is going to be for all the women. I'm going to pick women for a second all the women out there that have a hard time receiving energy is like give and take every single thing is, but we give, 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 don't allow ourselves to receive. We block the mode of receiving. And then we we constantly feel that we live in that depleted state. So I've, I've had to learn, I'm still always learning this, but I had to learn receiving the hard way um, as usually is the case. And it was in a time when I was really sick, I had a pick line in, I was, had a staph infection. It was eight weeks of in and out of the hospital every 12 hours. And it was just a very blur of a time. And I had people who stepped in, like they literally stepped in, my kids were younger 
and they brought food, they came clean, like, and it wasn't uh Marsha, what do you need? It was like, Oh, we're coming at this time. I'm so grateful that they did. And that was such a lesson in like learning to receive that because there've been times in my life where I've paid that back for somebody else. And it's always a reminder. It's like the blocking of receiving is something that we is almost second nature. And we have to remind ourselves to know it's like safe and to allow ourselves to receive. So I would just love to hear your take on that. So this is also a trauma response, actually. Um, you know, I'm being really, really uh, straightforward here because at first I think in Swedish and then I need to translate it. Yeah, so yeah. I'm sorry if some words are coming up wrong. But anyway, uh, this is like the core issue of all my teachings, of everything that I do, is that for thousands of years, there's been this imbalance between the feminine and the masculine energies, right? Mm -hmm. So there's been this huge, massive, conditioned and unconscious imbalance between the feminine and the masculine and here as we live in the 3d you know 3d like matrix uh, the third dimension our bodies are also just energy you know from the beginning but they're so dense here in this this level this timeline this reality or that we like to have so so we think that everything is real (laughs) But this imbalance is between the feminine and masculine. Here in 3D, we have the polarities of feminine, masculine, of, you know, day and night. It cannot be daytime here in Sweden at the same time as it's night, right? It's it's not possible. I can't inhale at the same time as I'm exhaling. It's, you know, a physical impossibility. So for thousands of years, the masculine energy have been you know, enhanced, have been valued, have been praised, and the feminine energies have been suppressed. Mm. And this is also why I'm here. You know, I'm here. Many of us are here, including yourself, Marsha. I think we just have different, you know, words and metaphors for it. Yeah. But uh, so the feminine, we need to increase the, we need to increase the conscious feminine and the conscious masculine and let them merge and they merge in what i call the holy fuck uh, as my book you know holy fuck and sacred water Mm -hmm. because in our societies i really i can't stress this enough in our societies we have been living in the unconscious the very immature energies and essence of the feminine and the masculine i'm just going to take some examples so you know what i'm talking about no please do like some immature masculine, some unconscious masculine energies are the doer, the problem solver, the uh, the good girl, the good guy, the always being over responsible, etc. That's the immature mm-hmm. masculine, and this is also what we have been enhanced in our societies. You know, like being a workaholic mm-hmm. is seen as something good. That's a major imbalance in the so-called root chakra. It's a major imbalance. So we think that being a workaholic and being very successful and, you know, putting in 60, 70 hours, as I know many Americans love to do Mm -hmm. or are being told to do, that it's something good. It's a major, major imbalance in the so-called root chakra. And then to mention some of the unconscious feminine uh, energies can be manipulation 
and just look what we've been seeing, you know, mainstream media for these last two years. Uh, it's been a lot of manipulation. So they used both the immature energies of sort of fear-mongering and also the immature energies of the feminine, like manipulation. And another thing can also be um, the immature feminine of holding on, you know, clinging on to. I'm clinging and holding on to my belief system. Mm -hmm. I'm holding on to my ideal weight. I'm holding on to this relationship, even though it's fucked up. I'm holding on to my money, my precious, you know, like Gollum in the Lord of the Rings. So these are the essences that, you know, thrives in our societies. And we are, you know, putting so much time and effort to uphold and maintain these imbalanced energies. So we need to move into the conscious masculine and I can just name name drop one essence of the conscious masculine, and that is clarity. Clarity is not the same thing as, you know, being very analytical or overthinking or being a problem solver. This clarity is like a sword that can cut through all the bullshit that you have been told or that you have been conditioned. Telling yourself. You know, Yeah including from yourself. Mm -hmm. So you need the clarity. You need this clarity for this direction, you know? And then the conscious energy of the feminine is the unconditional love. We are not used to unconditional love in our societies. We are taught, again, conditioned with conditioned love. If you do this, then I love you more. Yeah. If you scratch my back, I scratch your back. If you eat your food, then you will get dessert. Dessert. So it's always conditioned. And the unconditional love is seen, you know, amongst kids or sentient beings as animals, or, you know, they're just is. They are just love. And then you cannot only be love, you know, like, oh, everything is just, you know, flossy and fairy tale. But that, that's not the same as the conscious, conscious love. That's also unconditional love is empath empathy, it's compassion. And you know, compassion for yourself. How many of us do have that on a deep level? We can have compassion to others, you know, in this, oh. and we have this limited belief system and this condition that it's better to give than to receive, but mm -hmm. that creates this major imbalance. But we need the heart. We need the, the unconditional love. We need the empathy and compassion, and we need the clarity because I cannot only have the clarity without the heart, right? Right. And this is the huge paradigm shift that we are individually and collectively moving through these times from 2020 and onwards. So this is the huge paradigm shift in consciousness, moving from the unconscious feminine and unconscious masculine energies and merging them in, in the holy fuck, moving into higher states of consciousness. That. I love it. I am sorry. Thank you. A great answer. But I love <laughs> like the name of your book. You've got me on that. I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Um, this has just been such a powerful conversation. And I, I am so grateful that you've shared the level that you've shared and the work that you're doing. You, you're giving hope to people who can't see the light. They, they, they cannot see the light or know what their next step is. So I just, I really do appreciate everything that you have shared and your book, just one more time, that is being released. By the time this episode goes out, it will be live. What's it called again for people? It's called The Sacred Soul, mm -hmm. A Divine Evolution Through Time and Space. Mm, beautiful. What's the actual release date? Uh, here in Sweden, it's the 21st 
of June, which is very exciting also numerologically speaking. It's uh, the, the two and the one um, combined with a nine. It's, um, uh, it, so it's both one and nine, which means that it's both the beginning and the end. And, and here in Sweden on Tuesday, where, when the release is the summer solstice. So yeah. it's the brightest day of the year mm-hmm. that this book is going to be released. So it's very, the, the date is set very powerful. And uh, that's why it's been very <laughs> disturbing with, as I told you, to try to upload the cover on Amazon. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, there's so much that goes behind a book that people do not see. They just exactly. don't see it. And yeah, it's such a trusting experience and it's such a beautiful experience. Honestly, I'm I'm grateful for all of it but definitely some growth that was involved there. There's no question. It is. It is. And writing is like the, the easy part of it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like yeah. it is actually, once you open it up the channel, yeah. like I, I, find, I got to a point where, and I still do this. Like if I'm trying to sit down, I, I can't just sit down and say, I'm writing for this hour. I have to create opening so that there's yeah. open and allowing for ideas to come. And when that happens, the writing is so much easier. Yeah. Do you want me to read a bit from the the backside of the uh, sacred soul? Yeah. So the sacred soul, a divine evolution through time and space. Congratulations for holding the sacred soul, a divine evolution through time and space in your hands. You have unconsciously attracted her and she has attracted you. Sacred soul is divinely channeled from the Akashic record. For those of us who are ready to remember who we are at the soul level, and why we have arrived at this planet. This book is about the downfall and the ascension of our sacred soul. She comes in these challenging times with a mission to inspire, aid, hold space, and perhaps even challenge you in your divine evolution and ascension process. We all have the opportunity to ascend from the dense third dimension to the sacredness of the fifth dimension and beyond. To do this, we need to clear out the old karmic programs and start to make new choices. The sacred soul gives you the awareness, the tools, the insights to be who you are at the soul level. Much of the information of the sacred soul has been forgotten or buried beneath layers of unconscious and deep programming. Sacred soul is here to reclaim your sacredness and to reactivate your inner dormant light codes. So buckle up. Connect to your heart and open your mind. Let the journey and the remembrance begin. Oh, That's beautiful. That is beautiful. I will definitely be putting that on my next order. Like, cause I just have goosebumps listening to it. Um, this is nothing is a coincidence, right? Nothing is a coincidence. We, even though it doesn't, sometimes that's a hard thing to absorb and take in, but I do know deep down, nothing is a coincidence. And I own the fact that I've spent most of my time in my life in the masculine. Like I just, that's where I've lived. And I kept thinking that it was a wounded masculine until a mentor said to me, she goes, no, no, no. It's like a wounded feminine. You have to allow her to show up and she deserves as much attention. And I can't tell you what a switch that flipped for me. And just listening to you today has really opened up how important this work is because I really believe that diving into that, like, I think we all need, we all need some grit in our life. We need that, like the, the masculine, the clarity, the doing, we do need that. 
but we also can't just push forever because then we burnt out, we burn out, we're no good for anyone. So there is that beautiful dance. And obviously I 100% know this conversation was meant to happen today. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I'm happy to be here also. And I love your energy and the work that you do. Mm. It's very important. And also I love how our conversation is just flowing because if we match in energetic signatures or frequency, that's, you know, where the magic happens. And so if you and I, we stay on this sort of timeline or, you know, with our energies, instead of moving down to to (laughs) matrix, we are who we are so we can help people to join us where we are. Mm-hmm. collectively like I, that the rising tide lifts all ships i have always loved that quote yep. is that exactly. rising tide lifts all ships yeah. you can choose to rise yep. and exactly choose. and exactly. when you're surrounding yourself with other people who have that very similar energy it's easier to rise right it's exactly to rise and as a soul we always have a free will that is so important to remember we always have a free will however the free will might be clouded from all the conditioned programs. Mm-hmm. So it's so important to, to free, you know, and every individual, every individual, you who are listening and you and I here, Marsha, who are increasing their vibration into a higher frequency, mm-hmm. transmits this new energy in, in the collective field and also aids others to do the same. Mm-hmm. 100%. I will make sure everything is in the show notes. The best place to connect with you is where? So I have an English website. It's not updated. It's not, uh, you know, but it's up and working and running. And it's on www.ulliscarlson.com. Mm-hmm. I'm going to spell it for you. So it's U-L-L-I-S-K-A-R-S-S-O-N.com. Beautiful. Thank you. We'll make sure everything is there in the show notes to connect people to you. I have one last question for you. It is what lesson in life are you most grateful for? What we've been talking about here today. I'm, I'm, I'm truly grateful because I live such a happy and free life, you know, simplicity, you know, I'm here in my uh, mobile home mm-hmm. having this talk with you. So I live a very free and happy life and I do what I love. And I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't experience this. I wouldn't have this life if I didn't, you know, dig into the shit back there and then that I've shared about. Mm -hmm. And so I love that. I I love that I have the courage and the stamina and the persistence to move through it because it's so easier also. It's so easier to to be distracted or to numb myself as I used to mm-hmm. with all sorts of stuff. We can numb and distract ourselves with, you know, social media, with with food, with alcohol, with drugs, with yeah. sex, yeah. with money, with work, whatever. So I'm really and truly grateful because I'm so happy just to be me. You know, I don't need much. I'm just happy for no reason at all. And uh, that is the greatest gift that I could ever, I mean, if you would have seen me, you know, like 14 years ago, like in my book, 247 AM, The Journey Home to My Heart, I have some photos when I was sitting with my baby girl. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, she's 17 now. So it's 17 years ago. And I look like an old lady because mm-hmm. I was so worn down and so depleted. 
So I'm so grateful that uh, that I'm here. And I just also want to tell you who's listening that if you feel that you're depressed, the word depressed can also be sort of, you know, translated into deep rest. That Ooh. you are in a deep rest for body, mind, and soul. And it's a possibility for you to evolve and expand if you choose so. Wow. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I know that. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) No, I do. I love that. I got goosebumps and I love when I get goosebumps. Honestly, this has been an incredible conversation. I thank you so much for your time, your energy, your knowledge, and everything that you shared with us. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much. And thank you, Marsha, for the same. The, The things you see in me exists in you. And also thank you for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.